1: That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500, 500
2: Tonight, President Biden under pressure to speed up the evacuation of American citizens stranded in Afghanistan as desperation sets in for those trying to get out. Chaos outside the Kabul airport, a baby passed over the wall as U.S. troops fired tear gas to control the crowd. And the unfolding humanitarian disaster in Doha, where many of the Afghan evacuees are going. Plus our interview with the president's national security advisor. How can you make sure every American is out if you don't know how many Americans are in Afghanistan? The U.S. Capitol on edge, snipers and bomb-sniffing dogs deployed after a man claims to have an explosive in his truck. What we're learning about the standoff, was it domestic terror? Hospitals on the brink, a shortage of nurses and doctors, and in southern states, a lack of ICU beds as the COVID summer surge gets worse. Flood emergency, up to 20 people unaccounted for in North Carolina. And could Tropical Storm Henri hit New England this weekend? Haiti's suffering. Doctors struggle to treat 12,000 earthquake victims. No food, no water for thousands living in tents. Britney Spears under investigation. The incident at the pop star's home. And a certified genius. So what's this flag? Senegal. Senegal. He's right. And he's just Four years old. This is
3: the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital.
2: Good evening to our viewers, and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin with the troubling situation in Afghanistan. Thousands of Americans are stranded, but neither the State Department nor the Pentagon can say exactly how many are still there. Over the last five days, 7,000 people were flown from Kabul. Well, tonight, desperate crowds continue to swarm the airport. That's even if they can get there. The Taliban are turning people away at their checkpoints. But demonstrators took to the streets throughout Afghanistan, waving the country's flag in defiance. And those protesters were met with retribution by the Taliban. Well, back here in Washington, President Biden spent the day meeting with his team on the Afghan crisis. And we're going to hear from his national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, in just a moment. Next week, Congress will begin calling witnesses to answer questions about how the Afghan government fell so quickly and why the U.S. wasn't better prepared. CBS's Weijia Jiang is going to lead off our coverage from the White House. Good evening, Ouija. Good evening, Nora.
4: Tonight, 20 more flights are expected to leave Afghanistan after the U.S. military evacuated 2,000 people in the past 24 hours. But administration officials acknowledge that pace is far behind their goal of getting 5,000 to 9,000 people out a day. Overnight, U.S. forces launched tear gas to disperse crowds near the Kabul airport. And members of the Taliban fired shots into the air to break up the mob. With less than two weeks before President Biden's deadline to withdraw troops, Afghans are scrambling to flee. One desperate parent even passing a child over the wall, begging soldiers for help. The president is under mounting pressure to evacuate Afghan allies and every American who wants to leave.
1: If there's American citizens left, we're going to stay till we get them all
4: out. But the military still plans to depart Afghanistan on August 31st for now. If and when there's a decision to change that, Uh, then obviously that would require additional conversations uh, with the Taliban. The president also faces questions from his own party about the chaotic exit. Several congressional committees have called Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin and Secretary of State Antony Blinken to explain how the Taliban took over so quickly.
5: Why uh, was it so easy? And when did we know and how and, and if we did not know, why didn't we know that the Afghan security forces would not fight, did not have the
3: will to fight.
4: Tonight, there is a new concern about a potential humanitarian crisis in Doha, where thousands of Afghan refugees will join the many already waiting to be processed. They face overcrowded conditions in triple-digit temperatures. Tonight, there are no reports of the Taliban harassing Americans trying to get to the airport, but CBS News has learned they have blocked some Afghans from traveling, even if they have documents. The Pentagon said they are communicating about that with the Taliban and prepared to act if needed. Nora.
2: Weijia Jang, thank you. And there are still questions about exactly how many Americans are still in Afghanistan. Well, we spoke with President Biden's national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, earlier to find out. Is the president committed to extending the deadline in Afghanistan to make sure every American is out safely?
6: The president is committed to ensuring that every American who wants to leave Afghanistan gets out of Afghanistan. He believes that we can accomplish that by August 31st.
2: Exactly how many Americans are left behind in Afghanistan?
6: Well, Nora, the U.S. government doesn't actually know the precise answer to that question, and that's because we ask every American who comes to Afghanistan to register with the U.S. Embassy. But when people leave, they often don't deregister, and even some who come never register in the first
2: place. How can you make sure every American is out if you don't know how many Americans are in Afghanistan?
6: One is the entire database of Americans that we have in Afghanistan. And we can go to them through every means of contact we have and reach out and say, if you want to come home, if you want to get out, come to the airport. The second way is to broadcast through every means available, radio, television, the internet, to reach Americans so that they have the information they need to be able to come home.
2: Well, the clock is ticking. The deadline is approaching. It's just 12 days away. You think you can have all that buttoned up by then?
6: We can move thousands of people every single day. Between now and the end of the month, we have plenty more seats on flights than we believe that there are possibly Americans still in Afghanistan, and there is plenty of time to get to the airport. So yes, we believe that over the course of the coming days, it is completely feasible for us.
2: Is there any indication that U.S. personnel are in danger if they're not out of Afghanistan by August 31st?
6: This is a risky, dynamic, and dangerous situation today. We're clear-eyed and mindful of those risks. But what we have made clear to the Taliban is if they interfere with the passage of any American, if they disrupt our evacuation operations at the airport, they will be met with a swift and forceful response.
2: That was Jake Sullivan. All right. Here in Washington, part of the nation's capital was on lockdown for hours today. And now we're learning more about the man who triggered the security scare. He claimed he had a bomb causing the evacuation of some government buildings. CBS's Jeff Begay's reports.
5: For five hours, Floyd Roseberry held police at bay after driving his pickup truck onto the sidewalk in front of the Library of Congress just across from the U.S. Capitol and claiming to have a bomb. The revolution's on. Roseberry live streamed the standoff on Facebook requesting to speak to the president. I don't want to die, Joe. And ranting about the end of the war in Afghanistan. Just like the people in Afghanistan want to go home. The 49-year-old from North Carolina said that he had a propane gas container in the back of the truck.
6: The driver of the truck told the responding officer on the scene that he had a bomb and what appeared, the officer said, appeared to be a detonator in the man's hand.
5: He claimed the detonator would trigger the gas container if police, including snipers posted around the perimeter, shot him. Congressional offices were evacuated and streets were sealed off as bomb-sniffing dogs searched for additional explosives Roseberry claimed to have knowledge of. Investigators negotiated with him for several hours. And at around 2 p.m., when they were trying to deliver a cell phone to him, he surrendered. A relief to police. We had
6: information and and evidence of of what was in the bed of his truck. Um, And there were some things that were concerning.
5: There was no bomb in the truck, but possible bomb-making materials were found. The incident comes just eight months after the January 6th attack. The security fencing around the Capitol was removed last month, but a recent law enforcement bulletin warned of conspiracy theories gaining traction, leading to individuals or small groups embracing violent tactics. At this hour, there is still an active investigation. And while investigators believe that this suspect acted alone, they're still checking into whether he has links to others or domestic terror organizations. Meanwhile, his ex-wife is speaking out, and she believes that he is mentally unstable and also fed up. Nora.
2: Jeff Begayes, thanks so much. Well, tonight, there is a desperate search to find about 20 people unaccounted for after the remnants of Tropical Storm Fred caused deadly flash floods in western North Carolina. CBS's Jesse Mitchell reports from On the Ground.
7: The search for the nearly two dozen unaccounted for runs as far and wide as the devastation itself. This is my house. The remnants of Tropical Storm Fred dropped more than a foot of rain in three days, turning homes into slow-floating projectiles.
0: There were copious amounts of water that came down those ridges and and inundated those communities.
7: Nearly a 100 people had to be rescued. First responders are following cell phone signals and 911 reports to find those still missing, many of whom they know personally.
0: That's 47 miles of riverbank that we're going to have to look for potentially victims in the river that were washed down.
7: Sherry Mincy said her home floated a half mile downstream as she watched from inside. All of a sudden, I felt this jerk and the trailer started floating down the river. The storm left behind an estimated $300 million in initial damage costs. It'll be months before the Mills Family Feed Store will be back in business.
5: We've been able to reopen. A lot of these folks or businesses are gone.
7: Rebuilding is going to take a lot, Nora. People's lives were washed away in an instant, but no one here is talking about quitting. In fact, one of the family members here says they are putting mud, sweat, and tears into these efforts.
2: Jesse Mitchell, thank you so much. Well, tonight, Tropical Storm Henri is on track to strengthen into a hurricane by tomorrow night. It's expected to keep strengthening and could dump up to eight inches of rain on southern New England Sunday into Monday. Henri could be the first hurricane to directly hit New England in 30 years. We want to turn now to the COVID pandemic and an alarming shortage of hospital beds for COVID patients across the South. Rural areas are being especially hard hit. Here, CBS's Janet Chamlin.
8: Tonight in hospitals across the South, it's not unlike the pandemic's darkest days, a battlefield. To
7: the central. the
8: Albany, Georgia had the worst per capita death rate in the nation early last year. Its hospitals are overrun again.
6: Our expiratory minute ventilation is terrible.
8: Dr. Enrique Lopez is working through his second surge. Did you ever think last year, when you were the center of the virus for a period of time, that you would ever be back at this place?
6: Absolutely not. Make no mistake, we are right back where we were and we're in the fight of our lives again.
8: Intensive care units are now at 90% capacity across Georgia. And where there are beds, often not enough doctors and nurses. Arkansas is close to capacity. And in Alabama, almost no ICU beds at all. Dozens of critical COVID patients are waiting in emergency rooms. Some 20,000 Mississippi students just last week were quarantining for COVID exposure.
1: She was a great kid.
8: Justin Waddell lost his 13-year-old daughter, Michaela.
0: From Wednesday... She was alive. She, she felt a little sore throat. By Saturday, she was gone.
8: Florida's two largest school districts are now making masks mandatory. Miami-Dade joining Broward in opposing the governor's order. A new Oxford University study finds fully vaccinated people with breakthrough infections carry a similar amount of the virus as the unvaccinated who get the Delta variant COVID
6: you've been through the ringer.
8: With Delta sweeping the region, Dr. Lopez says the suffering is unimaginable.
6: They're suffocating you and they keep begging you for air. To go from room to room and to see that, you can't help but feel helpless, powerless.
8: Here at the CDC tonight, they are reporting the highest rate of COVID hospitalizations for people under the age of 50 since the pandemic started. But there is a bright spot. More than a million doses of the vaccine were given today. That is the highest one day total in seven weeks.
2: Nora. Jana Chamlin, thank you so much. Well, tonight, tensions are growing in Haiti, where more than 2,000 people were killed in a 7.2 earthquake followed by a tropical storm. The biggest challenge is getting food and medical care to survivors, and it is not happening fast enough. CBS's Vladimir Dutier embedded with Doctors Without Borders in the Haitian capital.
3: Tonight, rescue and recovery efforts continue in remote areas to save lives. Since Sunday, the U.S. Coast Guard has medevaced over 200 people. In the remote village of Annette, they transported 20 critically injured people to the capital. Outside Lakai, Mirai says, people are sleeping in the streets. We feel left behind. But the need is immense. People wait outside this airport metal fence as helicopters arrive with food supplies. Hospitals in Port-au-Prince are at capacity, and doctors are struggling to treat the over 12,000 earthquake victims. Here at this hospital, run by Doctors Without Borders, victims of the earthquake are brought here, transported by aircraft where they're stabilized. Once they're stabilized, they're taken to local area hospitals where they undergo major surgery. 25-year-old Arima Olien was buried alive for six hours while her sister lay dead next to her. She says she could hear her sister screaming, but she couldn't do anything because she herself was trapped. Her aunt, Rose Marteline Aristide. She says that uh, three children were pulled from the rubble yesterday and they died in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. 30-year-old Reginald Degali, who barely survived the 2010 earthquake, jumped off the balcony of his building on Saturday, fracturing his back and arm. Once he's discharged from the hospital, he says he wants to continue helping to build a better Haiti. In a blow to relief efforts, a major hospital in Port-au-Prince closed as part of a two-day shutdown to protest the kidnapping of two Haitian doctors. As a result, Nora, a mother and her child died waiting for one of the doctors who was seized.
2: Vladimir Dutier, thank you. Well, there was an enormous turnout today in Chicago for a final salute to a fallen police officer, Ella French. The 29-year-old officer was shot in the head during a traffic stop earlier this month. Her partner was critically wounded. French was the first Chicago female officer to die in the line of duty in more than 30 years.
1: Sound the gifting panic alarm. We've all been there. Imagine pages of artisan espresso mugs for the coffee connoisseur in your life. Or for the pickleballer, customized paddle covers in every shade imaginable. Etsy's got you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now.
2: Federal investigators are looking into what caused a freight train to jump the tracks today near Indianapolis. More than a dozen cars derailed, including several that carried cooking oil. There were no injuries. The area was evacuated as a precaution. The FAA says it is fined another 34 air passengers for disrupting flights. Fines now top a million dollars for this year, mostly to passengers who refused to wear masks. On JetBlue, a passenger was hit with a $45,000 fine for multiple violations. The warning is out there. All right, tonight, pop star Britney Spears is under investigation for allegedly hitting an employee during an argument in her home. The worker was not seriously hurt. Spears, now 39, has been battling for control of her life and fortune, seeking to end a conservatorship that started back in 2008. We want to introduce you to an incredible four-year-old. He knows his geography and his capitals, and he's not even in kindergarten. Here's CBS's Jamie Yukis
9: You want a cookie? Every parent thinks their kid is a genius, but Sarah and Eric Lundberg have card-carrying proof. You like me
4: Mensa card?
9: Why do you like your Mensa card? Cause me a Mensa. Four-year-old Lawson became one of Mensa's youngest members at the age of three. What's this flag? Senegal. Senegal. He's right. How about this one? Um, Grenada. The pint-sized prodigy already knows the capital of every state and every country in the world. What's the capital of Argentina? Buenos Aires. Buenos Aires. What's the capital of Austria? Vienna. Vienna. Born premature, he didn't start talking until he was two. But once he did... He suddenly knew... Every single flag, and I didn't teach him any of them. A super challenge. A super challenge? It's insane. Let's maybe turn the globe back over to where I know. He may be a genius, but to his four siblings, he's just big brother. I love that he is just a normal four-year-old.
5: A call. Play super calif-
9: One that definitely sounds precocious. California.
2: Jamie Ukas, CBS News, Portland. Tomorrow, you'll meet Virginia. She's 101 and still harvesting lobsters. CBS's Steve Hartman catches up with her on the road. And if you can't watch us live, set your DVR so you can watch us later. That's tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. Good night.
0: If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. If you enjoy tuning in to the CBS Evening News, there are official t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more available for purchase at paramountshop.com.